Hello and welcome to Tracks. I'm Tim. And I'm Harry. And this is episode 25. Yeah. High five, Harry. Yes. We have reached a quarter of a century. Yeah. This is a big old milestone, I think. Does it feel really good or does it feel like just another episode? I mean, I'm so laid back, relaxed and calm behind the mic now that it's just like, oh yeah, it's another episode. It might as well be 125. But I also feel like I'm really proud and pleased that we've made it this far. And you listeners, I'm really proud and pleased that you've come all this way with us. I've realised there's a a theme of being really proud of ourselves in every episode. (laughs) Yeah. It's 11, we're so proud. It's 13, we're so proud. I mean, if we uh, if we reminisce back to episode two, when we were talking about where we were going to hang our awards on the walls, mm. and just we were so excited at us, and what a lovely thing! If you're not excited by yourself, then who's going to be? <laughs> yeah. uh, but this week, we've got a fun episode. Yeah. So, as always, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you. And. Keep on sticking with us. It's only going to get better from here. Maybe. Moving on up. <laughs> Moving to the other part of the podcast. Yeah. Thank you all. See you all on the flip side. Shall we begin? Musical highlights of the week. What a beautiful thing. And I want to know, Harry, do you have one? The enthusiasm coming from you is a day. I've really become like a 1980s Radio 1 DJ. <laughs> have you got a musical highlight of the week? Thank you very much, Tim. I have actually. I don't know where I'm from. I don't know. Um, <laughs> You're Midlands. You're, yeah, you're Lenny So, um... Yes, this is the highlighty section. And I usually think of something right at the last minute. And for once, I didn't really do that. I did think about it in the last day. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's basically the last minute, right? You had seven days to think of it since N- last recording. No. And you've gone the the final day. We recorded... When did we record last? I feel like it wasn't that long ago. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> basically, I... I think I know what I'm going to talk about for once. Um, So, you mentioned this album. Listeners, I'm just going to update you. Harry, in his uh, very prepared state, has just picked up an envelope from a birthday party with notes on. Like, it's a literal birthday card envelope. Yeah. So, um, you talked about this a a while ago. I'm, I'm thinking... I think it might have been episode 18 or 19. It was Jake Trangmar episode. Is along with Jake on? You sure? Yep. Absolutely. We played the Frank Sinatra. Frankie Sinatra. It wouldn't have been any of his choices, though. No, it was mine. Oh. Well, interesting. Well, I think it was anyway. Like, anyway. If it wasn't, then who cares? <laughs> we made it to episode 25. Um, we played Frankie Sinatra. Or was it just called Frank Sinatra? I think it's called Frankie Sinatra. Interesting. Right, so I, today, was... Uh, I went back to my old college... And I was helping out with some cleaning and some graft, some hard graft, uh, for a bit of extra cash for my holiday in a week. 
And um, <laughs> it sounds like a crap TV. <laughs> it just sounds like the 30s. <laughs> I'm going on holiday and I I did some odd jobs to it. Some cash. For... I've got tuppence now. I needed to get some 20p's <laughs> to put in arcade in Bricklington. <laughs> Dad! Oh, Dad's just come back from mill. <laughs> okay, we're getting to Yorkshire offensive now come on um i listened to the album that avalanche has brought out literally just a few months ago it's called wildflower um this is such a trippy album and going back a little bit to last week you talked about kind of instrumentals and this has many features on it it does have vocals and things and it's full it's it's a it's a plunder phonic right so it's okay. You, you're going to need to explain what you mean by plundophonics is basically know. creating music through just using samples and using um, okay. bits of songs that already exist. So, if you don't know what that would really mean, I couldn't. You'd have to listen to this album because it's just like right. the epitome of that. So I I kind of went through the album. Um song after song while I was sweeping the floors <laughs> and cleaning chimneys and um, straight away after the second song I was hooked it sounded like this it's like well, let's listen to it a little bit first so you'll get yeah, a some, good idea yeah. of what I'm going to say sometimes we can do the chat before and it's a, the best way to do it but sometimes you just need to listen to the track a bit and then yeah. analyse it so let's do that and the good thing is that I think if you because I'm me, it's like the second track in the. Um, because I'm me, um, is the I second. I don't know what I'm doing. It's the second track in the album, right? Yeah. After like a 15-second intro, and it is like the best thing to listen to to know exactly what you're getting into. So lovely. Let's play that first. Sweet Durango jacket, ball sling glow, Bronx is only Django. Snap be a golf or stop, but that's where my props go. That's where my props win. See my percentage is a penny to the planet. So, you, you know what I mean by kind of using samples and things. It, it literally sounds like someone, you can almost hear the record itself just being looped. Yeah, so like you've got... Dragged back. I mean, there's two things. The first thing I'm going to say is that when I spoke about the new Avalanche's album coming out, Mm. I didn't. I I just want to quickly say I didn't know anything about. Yeah. So, so I was excited because I think it was what two thousand and two, since two thousand since I left you came out. Yeah. And you know the it was Frankie Sinatra we played, but that kind of thing is what I had in my head. There's they the lead single from the first album since I left you is so that kind of thing, Mm. and it was incredible and I loved it and I listened to it since you know throughout those 16 years and like you it was great for me to come in to that because that is what the avalanches are great at yeah but previously they didn't have mcs over the top 
No. You know, so to get that bit, it kind of freshens it up a little bit and it makes you feel like, okay, we're coming into something. Because I guess if it, if their music was a little bit like this, then it always had its roots in hip hop. Yeah, of course. It's... So to bring that kind of uh, thing into it at the well, moment. Well, what it had is its roots in black American music right. before hip hop. So, you know, the things that hip hop took influence from in its early days, you know, it had soul, it had funk, it had jazz, you know, these things that were the music of black Americans mm. that hip-hop grew out of is what Avalanches took and sampled and mixed up and made these incredible, incredible songs from. So, yeah, that song for me is the equivalent of Since I Left You and I think is a perfect way for them to start the album yeah. full. It is great because as I, I kind of thought I knew what I was getting into and like I say, it's the perfect thing to listen to first. But um, as I was getting through the the album... I felt like I was in some kind of... Right, imagine you've got a blender, okay? Yeah. You throw in some Disney, some Looney Tunes, yeah. some, some circus stuff, some like... And then like a bunch of music and that. That's what I, I felt like it was, it was in like a dreamland. Yeah. And I, I was just walking through marshmallow fields because it was really trippy and like it's got psyche elements to it all the time, yeah. like through the instrumentation and stuff. And then it ta- it will take you back... Uh, to kind of these hip hop roots and yeah. stuff. There's there's two things I want to say about that. One, I think what's really interesting is obviously they're an Australian act. Yeah. And I really feel when I listen to this album that uh as we've talked about previously on this podcast, you know, psych music is something that's really coming out of Australia and yeah, I feel like they've ne- taken that and, called it, right? Yeah. And they've really taken that and kicked it into their, you know, dance yeah. sort of music essentially which I think is really there's really amazing. like disco tracks on there and then there's these little cutaway these little cutaway parts which are like um, they sound like some like 1950s like radio station so yeah. one minute you you feel like you're in this like um, dreamscape and then you think you're in yeah. the, this old like 50s fake yeah. like world or something it's, this, this was the second thing I wanted to say so you know aside from that it's that I think the best acts ever, you know, regardless of genre, it's people who invite you into their world. And, you know, the Beatles invited you into their world and you kind of became part of it. And then you kind of come to more modern acts. Like, I think the reason that the Strokes and the Libertines were so important at the turn of the century is because they built a whole environment and world around them. Of like you know you became part of this thing mm. and i think that's what avalanches are brilliant at you know you sit and listen to an avalanches album and you're just taken away you are in this world and it's in terms of what it's done uh through a first listen and I, it often takes me a while to get into things like frank ocean i've listened constantly this week yeah. since since the last episode i'm so invested in that but with this first listen i was straight away hooked yeah, and uh, it's it's definitely going to be up there one of my favorite albums of the year at the moment. Yeah, because it's I think it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, fantastic. And yeah. I want people to go and listen to a song in it. It's called the Noisy Eater, and it's just really like I was listening to. It. It's one of the ones you like. I love this song, but I think it's a little bit weird and trippy, and sounds like it should be on some kind of kids' cartoon at the same time as yeah. just being like a wicked song. So go and listen to the album. So yeah, it's fucking fantastic. It's fantastic. So there is my pickety-pick-pick, and uh, I'm going to uh, just skip it forward <laughs> back to you, I think. <laughs> wow. Are you beatbox then? 
Uh, I I would, but I I should I shan't. Yeah. I'll keep that for episode hundred. I can't. I shan't keep listening. <laughs> I mustn't. I agree. Don't beatbox on the podcast. <laughs> that's my personal opinion. So my highlight of the week was something that I wasn't even present for. I know that sounds stupid. Yes, but oh, yeah. I think uh, people who know what we're about will have probably listened to the Maccabees episode and know that when we fall in love with a band, we really, really fall in love with a band. Stupidly, so. Head over heels. Uh, we'll... Text them every second. Text them every second. We'll follow them to their wedding to another person and just cry outside. Uh, we are those guys. And this week, one of my uh, oldest, dearest bands headlined the first festival I ever went to. Yeah. If you haven't guessed yet, it's Foles headlining Friday night at Reading 2016. For me, that is kind of just a mind-blowing thing to have happened. You know, I've seen Foles in just terrible, terrible little venues dotted around all over the place. I've loved them since the first album and I've loved them for so long. And I know we talked about on the Glastonbury episode how exciting it was for us to see them on the main stage, yeah, on the pyramid stage, to a huge, huge audience. Were their headline just after them? They're, yeah, or was they that were, Tame Impala? Yeah, when we saw Tame Impala, the headline played. I think. Yeah, they might have been third on it's the. It's been bin. a long time since. <laughs> yeah, I can't quite remember, but still, it felt like a huge slot for them. It was uh, Foles, Tame Impala, Muse. Oh. Yeah, so third on the bill. Yeah. Um, and that felt massive. Yeah. But, like I say, for me, I've been to three Reddings. It was my first festival. It was my first festival love. I still feel like I have such a connection to that festival. I'll always love it and I'll always look out for who's playing for it, even though yeah. I know for a fact that I'm way too old to ever go anymore because it is a really youthful festival i went once in 2012 and i've every single year i think oh, i might go to reading again yeah and i just haven't because I've, we've been well i've been really lucky to go to glastonbury the last two years but if you do glastonbury i personally feel like i i thought yeah. the, the the bill looked good for reading but i wouldn't but, say it was yeah something i was really really into but they, i always think of them as the bookmarks to the festival season so glastonbury kind of comes first and you always think reading used to be the biggest one yeah they but, used to sell yeah out because in, like, because days. we were kids yeah i i remember the first uh you can get so you can still get a reading ticket like the day of the starting yeah so the first reading i was fortunate enough to get into as a guest i don't really want to disclose why but me and jack were fortunate enough to do that second year we were absolutely desperate to go and we were there at like 11 o'clock on the night that the tickets came out and couldn't get them. It sold out. And yeah. we were prepared to drive to Reading to queue up outside HMV to try and get a ticket. And it, wow. we were only fortunate enough of the fact that I was a big enough nerd at that stage to stay up till like four o'clock in the morning playing football manager. And it just so happened that I'd like lost four games in a row and I quit the game and I was just annoyed and I thought, before I go to bed, I'm going to check the Reading website to see if tickets are still available. And they just happened to have put some more up, and I bought us all tickets at four o'clock in the morning. How many people went? Like eight, I think. 
Wow, you didn't buy eight tickets, did you? I, I feel like I might have. I can't really remember now. You did a jack of yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Why was I so rich? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> You're like 17. But anyway, my point is that it was so hard to get tickets back in the day. And it was it was the most important part of the festival season for me. So I love this festival. And I, although I feel like I couldn't go and camp for a weekend anymore. I could maybe go for a day ticket. Jack went for a day this week, this year. Yeah. You could camp. Do you mean at general festivals or Reading? No, Reading. Reading, very specifically. Yeah. It's a you know, it's where people go after their GCSEs. It like, was dusty. I'm a, I'm a 25 year old man now. It's a youth festival, and it's it's a rite of passage. And I think mm. I feel very happy and comfortable in the fact that I did my Reading years, and I'm so excited to pass on Reading to the younger generations. But anyway, enough of me just eulogising about how great Reading is. <laughs> My musical highlight of the week, I wasn't there, but I was watching Foles headline Friday night. Yeah. And it just felt like they'd come of age. I've seen interviews with them saying that this was the gig they were most excited about this year. They were just absolutely buzzing to be headliners of Reading and Leeds. We should point out that it's Reading and Leeds. It's not just Do you Reading. know if um, Disclosure played after them? I think Disclosure played just before. Okay, that's wicked then. Yeah. So they were... I'm even more proud. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was just great. And I watched it on telly and it was it was so good. And just to see our boys up there. And like I say, it's always an important thing. We've talked about it before. When you've seen someone, you know, inches from your face playing a shitty little venue that they probably didn't even really want to turn up to to play. Mm. But they've still come. And they've still just given the show of their lives. And now they've made it. Yeah. yeah. I'm yet to see a Foles gig that hasn't caused me to almost die yeah. from sweating out all my body fluid. You know, now we've now we've sadly had to uh call out our hopes for where the Maccabees might end up. Mm. I would put money now on Foles one day headlining the pyramid stage at Glastonbury. If I think that's going to happen. It won't happen next year. It will happen the year after. If, I if think their, ne- their next out. album, if it's huge, they will headline the Pyramid Stage of Glastonbury. That is how big this band that we've seen at Concord 2 and we've seen at the Comedia and we've seen at all these rubbish venues around Brighton. They will headline the Pyramid Stage. They are my generation's crowning glory. Yeah. And I love them for it. And when I watched this set, I was just so proud of them. And... The song I did want to play, we've already played on the podcast, so I'm not going to do it. But their final song of every set they've ever played is Two Step Twice. And it's just the best. But the song that really surprised me that they put in their set for mm. Reading. And I love them for it because it feels like such a Reading song. You know, even the young kids who were there, you know, 17, 18... They know Cassius yeah. from the first Foles album, and I love them for putting in the same. Because Foles they don't... fan knows Cassius. If they don't know anything else from the first album, they know Cassius. Yeah, and they don't normally put it in their set. They didn't play it at Glastonbury. They generally don't I play don't... it. They probably just I... haven't played it for the last. Like, I can't remember five, six yeah. years. I haven't seen them play it for yeah a long, long time. But the fact that they put it in there, it means they understood the audience. They understood everything that people there wanted. They were living up to this billing. And when I was watching them play it, I felt I felt as excited as I would have if I was there. It's so great to see him do it. Yeah. And fair play to him. 
they've absolutely smashed it. So this is Foles. All right. Cassius. And, yep. speaking of being back, give us about five or ten seconds, and we'll be back from this tiny little break into part two. Fifteen seconds. Fifteen, max. From now. Nineteen sixty-eight. What do you remember of that year, Harry? Ooh, uh, a big fishing year for me. I was going around. <laughs> I was, uh, yeah. England just won the World Cup. Yeah, we were two ago. years into the rain. So I obviously thought, you know, when, when you when you when you watch your nation win the World Cup, you obviously get into carp fishing. So I was really big into that that year, actually. Yeah. Sixty-nine swordfish, and then at sixty or seventy, I quit. Yeah. It was a big year for me too. I got into bowls. Yeah? I was in the bowls European Championship. <laughs> Only finished oh. fifth, but like, great experience. So I thought about carps and you you were in, were in some kind of championship. Yeah, bowls. Yeah, that's pretty decent. Just rolling them down the big old green. Sweden was where the finals were held. Lovely lovely times, lovely days. 78 was my biggest year, but I'll, I'll, I'll save that. And we'll save that time. for episode 30. Yeah. Okay. But do you know what else happened in 1968? No. Whilst working at Abbey Road Studios, obviously in London, on the White Album, the Beatles recorded overdubs onto the new George Harrison song, which was called While My Guitar Gently Gently. Weeps. (laughs) One of the greatest songs of all time Mm -hmm. by the coolest man who ever lived, as I say every week at this moment. But what was really interesting is that Eric Clapton added a guitar solo and became the first famous musician outside of the Beatles to be on a Beatles track. And obviously, you know, the rest of it was the normal lineup with George giving lead vocals. That's proper decent, bruv. It's legendary. It's beautiful. And very uh, ironic in hindsight, given the fact that uh, Eric stole Patty from George. A couple of years later, his wife or girlfriend. I don't know, if he, was George married to Patty? I'm not quite sure. But anyway. It's a thieves game. Stole a woman. Bastard. Mm. But she wasn't yours to steal, mate. Yes, she was mine to keep forever. <laughs> anyway. How does this relate to what we're going to talk about, Tim? What this got us thinking about is fantastic songs with a guest feature. Ooh. There's loads of them. Spicy. And I think... I don't really know 
what had occurred before. But obviously, features on songs feel like, to me, when I first think of that theme, I think of uh, hip-hop. You know, people featuring on tracks all the time. And it's really interesting to think of back in 68, you had a guy like that. And of course, I mean, if you're Eric Clapton, why would you not want to be on a Beatles record? What an incredible honour that was for him. Yeah, we thought we would delve into this world and pick some songs featuring artists outside of the original act that we love. So, Harry, you're up first. Lovely. So speaking of hip-hop, it links into my first choice for today. And I'm going with Kendrick Lamar's feature on uh, the Marshall Mathers LP2, Eminem. Uh, The song is called Love Game, I believe. Yep, Love Game featuring Kendrick Lamar. And I think he is filthy. (laughs) I think Kendrick is up there with the greatest features that have ever lived. It's funny because as much as I'm a huge, huge Kendrick Lamar fan, when I see that he's featuring on another track, I'm kind of a little bit more excited for one of his own tracks because I know how great he is featuring on other stuff. You know, he was, for me, obviously T-Lop. I'm a huge Kanye fan. I was so excited for it to come out. But his verse, still to this day, I mean, we must be seven or eight months past the release of that album. And every time I listen to his verse on there, I I laugh out loud. It's so funny. It's so brilliant. Is it because he he doesn't have an agenda when he's just on somebody else's thing? But then, as I was thinking about saying that, he still comes across with a message when he's yeah, even of course. features of I, things. Yeah, I don't think it is that. I just, I mean, maybe he's a little bit more free. Or maybe it's just the fact that I, when I'm listening to a Kendrick album, I know I'm getting some Kendrick. And when I get him somewhere else, it's like, it's just a, like a lovely little, little yeah, it's a lovely little bonus to just get more. It's more than we really thought he would. Because he brings out an album and obviously after Untitled Unmastered, no one knows what he's going to put out next. But like most artists, they put out an album and you think, okay, it's going to be two years till I get some new stuff. And then he just pops up do with you these prefer, incredible bits. Do you prefer going for an album, seeing something featuring Kendrick Lamar, or do you prefer listening through a Frank Ocean album and suddenly getting Three Sacks himself playing on, like singing on a track and it doesn't have them in the name? Do you prefer just finding it as you listen through an album? There's something like? really rewarding yeah. about... There's something really rewarding about when you listen to an album and you hear something that isn't on the credits yeah. and you're like, I know, I know that's them. Yeah. So I'm going to go and dig it out and then it is them. And it's like, yes! I got it from uh, when I heard Samfer's voice on the Endless thing and I was just like, ah, oh, my, my boy! Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I think I kind of like that little there. Uh, yeah. Like it, I said, having a feature is like a little present, isn't it? It's like yeah. um, so you're listening to this world of somebody that you like and then it coincides with something else that you love yeah. as well. Yeah, exactly. And that's such a beautiful thing. But he absolutely kills it on this track. And uh, the the song is good in itself. The album is fantastic. I always thought, when I first heard it, I may have been a little bit too quick to say it, because I think I maybe heard it a couple of times, and I thought, this is on par with Marshall Mathers' his first, his first LP. But I'm just going to say, I, you know, you might feel like you don't know if you can make that statement, but I know... You know specifically talking about my friend that I've discussed on this podcast before, Jamie, please, who will yeah. be a guest one day. You yeah. can all enjoy 
when he finally turns up. But he is the biggest Eminem fan there is. And he genuinely thinks this album is on a par. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of albums that he, you know, went and bought on vinyl and was like, I want my money back. And, you know, this isn't the best that he can do. This one, absolutely. He was genuinely delighted with what he got. Yeah, I think what he does is he he, he creates something that is kind of on par and better. Yeah. It's it's definitely newer. It's newer Eminem. But it's, some of the songs you feel like you could you could take some out of there plop them in the first and it would still make sense and it would still fit so um i think let's have a little listen to the track i'll, I'll well, obviously i'll go to the kendrick's part yeah but um <laughs> it really is um explicit so <laughs> yeah. you know just uh just mind mind yourself I told that bitch. I'm a sucker for love, you a sucker for dick Sucking dick in your mama tub, then your granny walked in Told the stupid nigga to duck under the water He drowned like an abortion, they booked you for manslaughter You beat the case and I caught you Sharan is not available, now leave a message at the tone And Kendrick, don't forget to buy two pair of those expensive hills You little fucking Ferris wheel, fucking spinning on me Fuck you think we gon' get married, still fucking married Had a little lamb, this ain't a fairy tale Fairy god, mama better tell you how I fucking feel Like you should fucking beat it or fucking eat it While I'm on my period, now have a blessed day Bitch, you serious? I'm in the mirror with How great is that? That that final line of Have a Blessed Day, that is so funny. That is so brilliantly Kendrick, and it just leads straight back into the track. It's beautiful. Yeah. And it's what he does. I think you can really tell an intelligent, talented artist when he can come in on any different tempo and vibe of track. Like that's quite a humorous, upbeat track, which isn't really what Kendrick does. Yeah. And the fact that he can come in and just kill it, however briefly, I think it really is a fantastic reflection on what he does. Yeah. So here's our first choice. Hope you all enjoyed that. Uh, moving on to you, Tim. So I'm going to go is Nas. Mm. We've talked about Nas before. I think specifically when Ben was on the podcast. Yeah. We all know that we're all huge fans of Nas. But when I was thinking about songs that feature someone else Nas came to my mind because of all the humans that you could possibly feature on a track of your own on the planet I feel like the dream is having a dad who you could have on your track Mm. and this track Bridging the Gap by Nas has only gone and got his dad on it and I think that's so cool I love that so Nas's dad is Olu Dara who's a kind of renowned jazz artist. Dars. Very famous. Uh, I think had a huge amount of success in his kind of, you know, the prime of his life. Yeah. And yeah, then gave birth to Nas, one of the biggest hip-hop artists ever. Was he not a sax player or something? He could well have been a sax player. I don't don't actually know off the top of my head what Oludara I think I'd heard from somebody before that he'd been on some songs of his. But he's definitely in a load of old blues stuff. So yeah. this is such a great collaboration of a lot of things. So you've got Nas, you've got his dad featuring, giving the chorus. And it's this really lovely little thing. All the boys call him Nas. Like he, he does the chorus, it's brilliant. But also he's got uh, one of my favourite songs ever. It's got Muddy Waters sample of Manish Boy. That is what they are playing underneath. Well, I had my first child. 
I named the boy Nasir. All the boys call him Nas. I told him as a youngster, he'll be the greatest man alive. Let's go. This rap skit, styles I mastered. Many brothers snatched it up and tried to match it. But I'm still number one, everyday real. Speak what I want, I don't care what y'all feel, cause I'm my own master. My pop told me be your own. Well, Bridging the gap from the blues to jazz to rap, as he says himself. I think it's, uh, yeah, it's just brilliant and beautiful. And I think a, a fantastic collaboration, a fantastic song. And as we spoke about earlier as well, the interesting thing is the history of black American music. There's a lot of it in there, and that's kind of a really beautiful thing. So, on to your second choice. Yeah. Roldo. Let's get down to the ditty. So I'm going with Ezra Koenig, who is in Subtract's album, Wonder Where We Land. The, the song is called New Dorp, New York, and it's a song I love. It's mentally wicked. Like I, I'm probably Ezra Koenig's. I feel like amongst his ten biggest fans in the world. Okay. The time he appeared in my favorite TV show ever was one of the happiest moments of my life. Girls. He turned up in yeah. Girls. He said, "There's a guy saying, I never cry in front of eyes. I seen you cry at least four times. <laughs> yeah. just, and then he just walks off. And it's just the fact that Ezra is there. Yeah. And I, then he went to Wimbledon like, in the summer later. Oh, of course he went to Wimbledon <laughs> in his white knits. I love this man so much. He is the yeah. funniest, most inventive, ingenious artist of the last decade. And I don't care what anyone says. Yeah. He's, a, he's, he's the best. Absolutely. And this track is... On top form. He's so funny. He's so brilliant. He's, um... It's a bit of a strange lyric, especially when it comes to the chorus and stuff. It does a bit of, um, pitch... Pitch yeah. shifting. But that's what he does um, as well. Yeah. But, oh yeah, especially in the last album. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's, it's very Modern Vampires. It's yeah. like, uh... It felt like a B-side to a Modern Vampires single. And I just had and a quick look to see so the, the date of that album, because... That was... I, I absolutely loved that album at the time. And, um... It's been three years since. There's so, so there's, there's something so, coming, it's got to be. No, there's not, though. This is the really depressing Oh, no, thing. they're all like, splitting up and that, aren't they? Uh, I've forgotten his name. The, the keyboard player gu- has left. Yeah. And he was kind of the chief co-collaborator. The little guitar player left as well. Unless it's, that's who you mean. No, it's him. Yeah, it's him. Right. But I think, I reckon at best, we're two years off a new Vampire Weekend album. I can is... wait to. As long as I know that there'll be one, I'm, I'm okay. Oh, of course. They're working on it now. Okay. But I just know how long it takes them. Yeah. Yeah, so it might be a while, but uh, yeah. Okay, good. I'm glad they're, they're making it. Yeah. But um, if he keeps appearing on albums I love like this one, yeah. that's also great. Yeah. I, I think every time a Subtract album comes out, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. I like, absolutely love them. I love Sampha, who pretty much sings on all of everything they do. Uh, Subtract recently released uh, a little, it seemed a bit like an EP, it was only about seven songs long. I think Sanford only um, kind of featured on one song, but I haven't really been, I haven't listened to that all that much, so I mean I don't even know the name of it. They're a a funny artist for me, but also probably the most perfect artist to come up 
in this episode because I don't really have any connection to Subtracts. I've never really uh, got myself involved with them. I've never really spent enough time to connect to their music. But I did see them play live at Abbey Road. Did you? I watched them play their Channel 4 session called Abbey Road Debuts. You see, if I'm honest, that makes me hate you a little bit. Yeah. Because and if you go back, it might still be for, on 4OD. You can watch the audience and you can see me in a it in the Nebraska State University jumper with the most miserable face. It keeps cutting to me as well, like repeatedly cutting to me. And I'm just like, nah. But I was I was just concentrating on what they were playing. Yeah. So we had, uh, it was like a two-parter. The first part was Lower Dens. Who are a band I still really love. Yeah. Really interesting. And then Subtract came on afterwards. And yeah. So I watched them in a studio in Abbey Road. And I... Yeah. They had their masks on. I'm still yet... No, no, no. Actually, that's a complete lie. I saw them at uh, Reading. The the only year I went. And I I didn't know them then. That was the very first time I'd ever seen them or heard of them. And um, I really liked them then. They are up there in their masks and things. Didn't know anything about them. So... Uh, and I don't think I was really into that kind of music at that point either. But um, I had the chance to see them at Glastonbury last year. And I went to see somebody else at the time, which is probably my biggest regret at the moment. Although I saw the Libertines, which was pretty amazing. Um, but Subtracts are up there with one of my like favourite bands at the moment. Yeah. I absolutely love what they do. Um, talk about a band that has good features and stuff as well. I mean, they've always got some great vocalists on Little Dragon. Of course. First time I'd heard of Little Dragon was with the uh, subject. So um, I'm just going to kick back, um, open another beer, and we're going to listen to New Dorp, New York. Is that okay with you? It's so okay with me. Okay. I can't wait. Well, I'm glad we agree on that. Let's play the song and we'll discuss how terrible this edit is going to be for you. New Dorp, New York. My girl got a minimum, keep you stuck right there till the number comes. Leave a smooth operator looking like a bum. My girl's got a city to run, got the key to the kingdom where the money's from. Never seen the color yellow, never seen the sun. And he thinks I'm the negative one. Flags flapping in Manhattan, New Dope, New York. Gargoyles goggling oil, peak of the empire, top of the rock. Flags flapping in Manhattan, New Dope, New York. Gargoyles goggling oil. Peak of the empire, top of the rock. My girl's got a little stick. Keep you cool up in the kitchen while you feed the cake. Keep you waiting in the winter while the tanks ticks. My girl got a limousine. Beautiful. Huge gym. Did you also learn how to spell beautiful because of Jim Carrey? B-A-Beautiful. <laughs> you got it wrong. <laughs> B-A-U-B-E-A I said B-A Moving on Um, Can you give us your next bit? I definitely said B-E-A Just for the record I mean you will have just listened to it And you can do like a 15 (laughs) second skip back And realise that I didn't But I think I did In my mind I said B-E-A Yeah You might have done Yeah We'll find out So moving on from A load of kind of Hip hop and I don't really know what category Subtract fall into. Is it dance? Is it... I don't really know. Yeah, dancey stuff. Something along those lines. I, yeah. Whatever it is, moving on from that, 
I'm going to bring it back to what is our home ground. Yeah. Which is uh, guitar bands. Of course. Indie, psych, garage, punk, surf, whatever it is. No, I want you to go through. We all know. We all know this is where we are on our most stable footing. Because we always come back to it. We can't help but do it. Yeah. And one of my ultimate musical heroes is a guy called Edwin Collins, who I've definitely discussed on this podcast before because I find it impossible to imagine a world where I have gone 25 episodes, more than 24 hours, talking about music and haven't talked about this guy because he's a hero and a legend for me. Who is it? Because I don't remember you ever talking about Edwin Collins is the lead singer of Orange Juice. Okay. Originally. Maybe we should drop in a little bit of Orange Juice now. I don't know. For listeners who maybe don't know Orange Juice. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. We'll see. Well, I'm going to play some now. So you better. So you know because you. I feel like you've lost all context. All right. Let's stick a bit. <laughs> So we all know what we did back in Orange Juice. And then in 2005, he was hospitalised with uh, brain hemorrhage. And he woke up from this kind of, I think, a medically induced coma, but I don't know if that's definitely true. But he didn't really know who he was, he didn't know where he was, and he had to relearn kind of everything about his existence and he had to relearn how to play guitar and he's this kind of incredible figure and if did if you ever know get his songs huh did he know I, his songs when he had I feel them? like he didn't really know anything wow and there's an amazing uh, movie called The Possibilities Are Endless when he woke up from this uh, whatever it was I don't I don't know the medically correct word yeah all he could say was The Possibilities Are Endless you didn't have to say anything but that. And it's this really amazing movie. And you, sh- you should just watch it. He's an incredible man. A hero. Not only musically, but just kind of... How's he doing now then? What, nine years, eleven years on? He's doing great. I heard an interview with him on Six Music the other day. Yeah. He's, you know, he's not kind of the fully-fledged healthy man he used to be. But he's doing brilliantly. He's and he's still making albums, and he's got a studio up in I think the Shetlands, you know, somewhere in remote Scotland. That incredible acts go and record stuff. Sounds beautiful. And he lives this amazing life, and he's still a really talented musician, despite having to relearn these things. Yeah. So yeah, he's a hero. He's done it twice over. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just going to put it out there. He follows me on Twitter. So really, yeah. Because I I did a. A series of tweets many, many years ago about how much I love him and how he's such an inspiration and such a hero. And he followed me then, 
and he still follows me today. So shout out Edwin Collins. We'll get him on the podcast then. Yeah, I wish. So in 2010, he had an album called Losing Sleep, which had loads and loads of guest artists on, including many people I love. The two most important for me were Ryan Jarman, who, as we know, is from the Cribs, and Johnny Pierce, who is from the Drums, one of, at the time, my favourite bands in the world. I loved their first EP. I loved their first album. And Johnny did a song with Edwin called In Your Eyes, and I just adore it. And I think it's such an interesting collaboration. You know, they come from other sides of the Atlantic and they're these kind of two acts that I kind of eulogise and care about very much, but I thought were very disparate, you know? You've got some kind of slightly random New York surfer pop punk rock band and then you've got this iconic British act and the fact that Edwin got Johnny on to do a track was really exciting for me. And I love it. So this is called In Your Eyes. So to me, it sounded more like um, a predominantly drummy. Yeah, it's a drums track. I think, yeah, with Edwin. Co- it's a funny thing. It sounds. What's the song? Me and the Moon. Yeah, it sounded a bit like that. Yeah, I mean, it is like that. It's just got that ding 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 ding. Yeah, I don't know if a guitarist from the drums featured on that track, but I know what you mean. It's very much got. A drums. I'm really interested about. in this film. You have to watch it. The possibility they're in this. Take from all of this, I think. Yeah, it's it's an incredible. Sounds thing. like a He's really an incredible, incredible man. There was a there's a documentary which the name of which I've has slipped my mind. But when I when I originally tweeted about how incredible Edwin Collins was as a human being, I had watched a documentary, a BBC documentary about him. Not on Netflix, then. No, it's, well, maybe. Mm, maybe. Early Louis Through is on Netflix and he's a BBC guy. So, who knows. But, the point is, he's a really incredible human being. And, yeah, him collaborating with the drums, one of my favourite bands, is a beautiful thing. So, I feel like I've done well with that pick, so let's go on to the last one. I think you've done very well. Go me. Congratulations. And... We're going to break from normal tradition. Normally we have three picks each. Yeah. But we got to a point today where it turned out we've had two picks each and then a third pick could just be so collaborative that there was no point in doing three each. Would you like to disclose to the audience, Harry, 
Yes, I, I do, and I need to say, firstly, I'm so, so, so sorry for picking Tyler, the creator, again. But yeah. it and, just so happens. Yeah. And I'm so, 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 so sorry <laughs> for being equally as predictable as Harry by picking Kanye West again. Yeah. It's ridiculous. We are the most predictable podcasters there ever were. But if we're going to talk about collaborations and we're going to do it on tracks, how can we escape the fact that once upon a time, Tyler the Creator and Kanye West did a track together. Mm-hmm. Lil Wayne was also on it, but we didn't really care. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, so Cherry Bomb dropped 2014, and Smuckers, Smuckers, easily my favourite uh, song from the album. The album is fantastic, but when um, I think I had heard, actually no, you know what? I didn't even know Tyler the Creator was releasing an album and it just came out of nowhere um and to have Kanye West in it I mean as a hip-hop um artist to have one of the biggest names ever come onto your record is ridiculous it's a big glowing endorsement I think uh oh yeah yeah. we all know Kanye is featured on many tracks and he's produced many things for many different people but I still think to have that feature it is a it's a seal of approval. It's a rubber stamp. It's, you are a legitimate. That's legitness. That's legitness. <laughs> I honestly thought we'd see a bit of Tyler on uh, the life of Pablo. Um, I feel like there might have been a track recorded that just didn't quite make the cut. I don't really know. Maybe you never know. Sometimes things just don't work um, as. Like it doesn't, it won't fit the album. Yeah. Like and I heard that, like if you had Tyler on Blonde, it wouldn't have worked as much as they are part of the same group yeah. or whatever. And also, I think the one thing we know about Kanye is he doesn't really care about albums. And you know, the billboards this week seem to suggest that some kind of collaboration with Drake is about to drop. Yes, but what is Drake also this week seems to be getting engaged to Rihanna so. yeah so who, kno- who knows what is going on in the world of this music well Chris what's his face is like going a bit insane in his own house Chris Bio <laughs> Chris the the arsehole Chris Brown yeah he has he taken someone hostage <laughs> I think he took someone hostage didn't he I think he he, he was in some kind of like hold up like on a street, and then I, I as you uh, as you got here today, I watched something about him in his house, just being like, basically talking to a camera, saying that he was innocent of something. Oh mate, why do you just keep beating up women? Obviously, he's just so distraught that Rihanna is going to be all over that Drake thing. So all those relations aside between Drake, Rihanna, Chris Brown, that's all a nonsense. We're here because we want to end the show on a track. That is the epitome of tracks. So from an artist that I love and an artist that you love, we'll collaborate in the two. It's been a hard one tonight. It really has. I've had way too many beers. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. You've had way too many that you're you are, you're struggling to keep yourself <laughs> awake and not going a little bit mad. Mm, um, I'm already mad. I've hit rock bottom. He's hit, says my mom. he's hit absolute rock bottom, and I feel like as soon as the mics go, he's going to burst into tears. But I guess 
thank you all for listening to the show. Yeah. Um, thank you all so much. 25 episodes, yeah. I think. We can laugh, we can joke, but this is a bit of a milestone. We're I mean, every, like of a century. Said, every single episode is like a quarter of a century really is, I think. It is, it's big, it's big. Just think where we will be in, I don't know how many weeks it's going to be, maybe six months? Yeah. When we met, when we reach 50, we're going to invite you all yeah. to a party maybe. Technically, around Christmas time, we'll be at that 50 mark. Yeah. That's not true. <laughs> we started in March. I can't do the maths. <laughs> I can only apologise for the scattiness of this last part. Um, but thank you all for listening. We can't wait to see you next week. Peace out. Smuckers is taking us out. Put that fucking cow on my level, cause I'm raising the stakes. Mama made you a promise, there's no more section 8. And what we ate was the stakes. Now our section is great, cause that's the level I'm at. My niggas passing my plate, yeah. Why, 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 why don't they like me? Nike gave a lot of niggas checks, but I'm the only nigga to ever check Nike. Richer than white people with black kids, scarier than black people with ideas. Nobody could tell me where I'm heading, but I feel like Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen at my wedding. They say I'm crazy, but that's the best thing going for me. You can't lynch Marshawn or Tom Brady throwing to me. I made a million mistakes, but I'm successful in spite of them. I believe you like a fat trainer taking a bite or something. I want to turn the tanks to playgrounds. I dreamt of Tupac. You asked me, are you still down? Yeah, my nigga, it's on, it's on, it's on, it's on. I know they tore their white daughters. Don't bring home Jerome. I am the free nigga archetype. I am the light and the beacon. You can ask the deacon. It's funny when you get extra money Every joke you tell just be extra funny I mean, you can even dress extra bummy Cocaine, bathroom, break nose, extra rummy And I gave you all I got, you still want extra from me Oxford want a full-blown lecture from me And the Lexus pull up, like hop, like hop, hop, like what's up Step back, hold up, my nigga, you suck, hold up The proportions, the motions running out of Autobahn speed level. Had a drink with fear, and I was texting God. He said, I gave you a big dick, so go extra hard.
Totally. My trigger finger wise, but my nine don't. Yeah. Middle finger blind, so it's fuck A and Y one. Fuck skate and die, son. A hundred ways to die, son. I'm staring at a trampoline, make my eye jump. Use Adderall like a lawn clock, wake my high up. Stakes are high, well done in prime cut. Eat up, I stick my rolling in her mouth, let the time come. She got hair like Shanene and eyes like Wanda. Oh my goodness. Wayne and bitches ugly, these niggas colder than Tommy, buddy. Yeah, we hitting models like Tony. Parker be hitting bottles. Bitch, I'm going harder than yellow cabbie. Stop it for Lionel. Black ass nigga. They be ducking this nigga. Shout out to Donald Sterling. Boy, let's get a scrimmage and cut some niggas. I bring the clippers and a couple owners. It's kind of German. You bring the nooses and a couple trees where the money growing. Get bodies burning. Cause I'm trying to hang like I'm Mr. Cooper or Judah Berlin. With some niggas from Alabama. Birmingham. I need music all over the street like Eric Sermon was. Fuck us. Maybe we should team up. Anti-golf boys, cause I don't fuck with me either. I'm a liar, I'm a faggot. Uh. Son, you need Jesus, but I heard he loves Sunset to go on tour with Yeezus. Well, I'm praying for the new Yeezus, and you pussies praying that we squash the beef like zucchini. I know it ain't game, nor fame, nor tame. All lame, nor strange. Nah, faggot, it's golf. Wang.